0: Welcome to Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we're tackling Season 1, Episode 3, Thief of Budapest. The original air date for this episode was October 13th, 1985. Um, the actual episode was directed by john patterson and written by joe viola and uh we'll see later our opening gambit was uh co-written by terry nation and stephen downing and directed by lee Katzen, who uh will go on to direct more episodes from the first season including uh the next full episode uh he directed the episode and and the opening gambit for that episode so um sure all right well let's get started um uh, brief summary of uh, the episode, starting with the opening gambit.
1: Uh, the opening gambit is uh, MacGyver is sent in to recover a stolen horse from uh, that was stolen from a, uh, an a Arabian king. king, Arabian kings of some sort. Yeah, um, it's a very important horse, and uh, before they kill it or do whatever they might do to it, MacGyver says is sent in there to, to recover it.
0: I, I didn't get the impression they, they wanted to kill it. It seemed more like it was a prize horse that they were going to be like, yeah. I'm going to ride this around. Look, I stole your horse.
1: <laughs> and the actual mission is MacGyver is sent into, uh, Budapest to meet up with a contact who's going to smuggle him top secret information.
0: Uh, I think entry. it's the names of Russian agents or yeah, I think it's, operating it, in London. Yeah, it's or a, in once again,
1: it's the, the knock
0: right? Yes. Um, And it's intercepted by accident.
1: uh, By by a young gypsy, gypsy girl. girl.
0: Uh, And uh, MacGyver ends up teaming up with her to uh, get the information back. Mm -hmm. All right. um, On that note, let's move into the uh, full point-by-point episode. Um, As far as the opening gambit, it's it's kind of funny um, that we start with MacGyver sort of lecturing us on, and he says at, at one point it was the worst thing in the world to be right. called a horse thief.
1: But not when he did it.
0: But not when he did it, which in, in the pilot opening gambit, he explains that it, as a child he, he would commonly break into his neighbor's <laughs> homes and take their horses.
1: I want it more than him. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's it's completely different. But uh, in this particular occasion, the, the horse happens to be the most expensive horse in the world, or mm-hmm. so he claims, or potentially the most expensive yeah. horse in the world. Um, which, if that's the case, he's very careless on it. Yeah. <laughs> I think,
1: and uh, it was stolen as part of a tribal grudge, right? Like, you know, oh yeah, well, I'm going to steal your horse, and
0: uh, and stolen by, we should say, uh, I guess the, it's the character is credited as as Khan, um, and it's it's played by Sid Haig, um, <laughs> and he's uh, got this crazy curly mustache, yeah. and uh, it, it's a, it's a great look for him. I yeah, think.
1: yeah, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty cool. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I mostly know him from his his roles in uh, in uh, Rob Zombie movies yeah. and uh, and a couple Tarantino movies.
1: I, I I know the name, but I've and and I remember watching the credits, going, "Oh, Sid Haig! I know that name. I wonder who he is in this." And then. Didn't even notice
0: it was You know him. what's weird is is and this is probably maybe I'm completely insane, but I think he looks like Shell Silverstein.
2: Yeah. And whenever oh my gosh. whenever
0: I'm trying to think of Sid Haig, I just look for like, oh who in this looks like Shell Silverstein? Okay, there he is. I see Sid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I think they look a lot of like at least he looks like the Shell Silverstein picture on the on oh, the cover, back of the, the book books, jacket. Yeah.
1: yeah. If if they were gonna make a biopic.
0: Yeah, definitely Sid Hey. Yeah, that would be the darkest in. biopic ever.
1: Directed by Rob Zombie. Directed by Rob Zombie. Where the, the Sidewalk ends. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oh man, that's that's terrifying actually. Um but this is a great opening gambit. This yeah. is this is maybe my favorite one so far. Really? Okay. Um, oh, so far. <laughs> so far of the three. Of the three, it's it's my favorite one um because the first one, I mean, the the first two essentially are are very like solitary locations not yeah. a lot of crazy stunt work although i guess the the parachuting trick in yeah, the, in the was, first one was,
1: was pretty that was a pretty i think the first uh, one's pretty impressive but yeah. this one this one also is very impressive
0: i think this one is more impressive in terms of the stunt work okay. um but uh but yeah so he he there's not a lot of uh, technical trickery to this he, right. he just goes into the tent and takes the horse back well
1: he he knocks out a guard and and takes his turban which at first like i was kind of like Ugh. i mean just because like you know it's it's the turbans are meant to wrap up and, and keep their hair from showing. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't even like wearing other people's hats. Yeah. Um,
0: and the turban's going to have all this sweat soaked into
1: yeah, it. Yeah, because they're on the desert. Yeah. Um, so I was like, you know, my guy ever gets it done, man. Um, but, and it really isn't necessary all that much because he, he does, just like in the pilot, he just kind of turns his back.
0: Yeah, nobody really sees him.
1: Yeah. Um, he was like, oh, there's a guy with a turban. I guess he's our guard. Even um, though I
0: can see our guard there without his turban lying on the ground, <laughs> <laughs> unconscious. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, why did you put your hat on the guy <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh there's a dead american agent over there
1: <laughs> um and uh i was trying to remember early in the episode the leader is in the tent with the horse right but then, then he, goes he just outside. goes outside for no reason yeah he goes outside to like meditate sword fight practice
0: right he goes up on the top of a sand dune and he does kind of like a ritual yeah kind of stuff
1: that's why i thought he was going to kill the horse Oh, okay. Because he's got the the dagger, and he's doing like all these motions, like he's like getting himself psyched up to... for this,
0: this sacrificial ceremony. Exactly.
1: Or... Yeah. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. Either way, so it, the horse doesn't belong there. Right. Um, so MacGyver sneaks into the tent, and has this really elaborate saddle, which you kind of question at first. Why he's got such an elaborate saddle put on the horse? Right, because it's it's strapped. And he's carrying Oags. it in a big
0: black duffel bag. Like yeah, yeah. He, it's not. He can't disguise that very much. Even if someone did notice that, the guy with the uh, oh, he's got his back turned and he's wearing the same turban. It must be him. Why is he carrying this huge duffel ba- ba- bag with yeah. a with a full saddle in it?
1: Um, so he puts the saddle on the horse and just. The horse immediately gives him away just by like neighing and yeah. like uh, used not used to a rider. And so
0: Khan comes back down the hill toward the toward the mm-hmm. camp, um, just in time to see MacGyver basically trotting out of yeah. the camp on the horse. He,
1: he, he grabs uh, a shepherd's crook from uh, that was I can't remember if someone had it. I think someone was trying to block it from him, and he grabs it.
0: He grabs it on his way um, out.
1: So he, he's riding off with it, and the you know Khan yells, "Don't shoot him because he he'll you'll hit, hit the, the horse." horse. Um, which maybe then counters my argument that they did want to kill it, yeah, um, or at least kill it that way, yeah. So MacGyver, you know, was riding off. they pursuing him. They managed to get ahead of him. They, 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 because he's running along the coast, right? So there's only only really two directions that he could go. So right. they managed but to get him and off.
0: And I, I also noted that um, they do have a car there in the sand dunes. Like, oh, really? There's, a, there's, like, a car parked at the camp, and, and okay. when he says, don't shoot, you'll hit the horse, he's standing in front of, like, a truck when he says that. But then they chase him on the horses, which I guess because it's yeah, sand. Yeah,
1: it's, the, the terrain was pretty was – pretty. would have r- been better for the horses. Uh, so MacGyver is pursued down the beach, and then he is surrounded. And Khan makes this move of, like, he's – I'm going to deal with him myself, he draws his sword – and, and they uh, go
0: into this uh, jousting pose, like they're right. getting ready to attack each other.
1: And MacGyver charges him, but doesn't. He doesn't do a lance move, uh, MacGyver. He doesn't. He's not ready to do that. He, right. He, he leans ducks. back yeah. and
0: he puts the crook flat, so that it's like he would have knocked the other guy off of his horse.
1: Right. But the guy just chops it off instead. Right. Um and then MacGyver was kind of like makes this witty thing. He's, you want to just go back to your place and talk about this? Yeah. (laughs) And gets like this, like kind of face. Um. So they do another another round, but this time this time
0: Khan clearly just gave up any attempt at attacking.
1: Uh, MacGyver knocks him off the horse.
0: Just hooks him with the end of the crook. Yeah,
1: the crook, and he plows into a whole bunch of other people with the horse, which looks. Really bad, yeah, and I it's, mean, it's, this
0: is the most expensive horse in the world. He's racing it top speed through the surf of the water. Uh-huh. it's not even just like the sand, but he's literally like in the waves, kicking up water very easily to just ruin this horse
1: mm-hmm. and he pl- punches through and while they're pursuing him down the coast again a helicopter comes out of nowhere right. with a dangling a hook. And, and it, I, I remember watching this on like just cringing because the helicopter comes so close with that hook dangling yeah. down to hitting every one of those people as it sweeps down the coast. I was like, Oh man, that's going to kill somebody yeah. if, if it hits them.
0: And, and it's, a really incredible stunt that actually, um, for the the second annual Stuntman Awards, this this won the Best Special Stunt Award.
1: Okay, well, well he deserved it, it. It earned it. Yeah, because the helicopter flies over MacGyver's head and then kind of leads leads him, and then kind of backtrack. and MacGyver grabs the cable and hooks it onto the saddle, which
0: explaining the 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 complexity of this saddle that he attached to the horse right
1: because there's straps all around the horse's body around the neck around the legs and then the helicopter just yanks the horse right up off the ground
0: and it's enough of a unified shot that you can see this is a real horse Mm -hmm. with a real person on the back of it yeah lifted by an actual helicopter there's not this isn't like a crane shot that they're faking this is an actual helicopter picking up a horse while it's running, yeah, and then swinging it out over the ocean, even like and with can, a stuntman on the back, and you
1: can see that the horse is just like going, "What is happening?" Yeah. it's like it's like running still. But, but then
0: it, it does sort of get like docile a little bit, like the yeah. legs stop kicking, and it kind of calms down, and it's like, "Okay, I'm not gonna move because I don't want to fall from this." this yeah, head. I don't know
1: what's happening. Yeah. So
0: but it's it's an incredible stunt.
1: And uh, they fly off presumably somewhere to land. And like, return the horse and to return the horse, whichever like, king. Of, yeah, I mean, uh, they they must have been close enough that they could land somewhere safe. I like, I can't imagine they flew for a hundred miles that way. Right. Uh, but
0: just far enough out of reach that the, these guys wouldn't still be following them exactly. on horseback. Um, and it's not clear whether or not the the king hired MacGyver to collect the horseback, or if the American government is doing it to prevent. The escalation right. of this tribal conflict into a an all out war.
1: Yeah, exactly. It just seemed to like like that there was a tent, a chance for uneasy tensions, and they just wanted they'd rather they avoid intervened. it altogether. Yeah. yeah, we we meddled in their business. Right. <laughs> so, um, and, and then, sorry. Oh yeah. well, oh, that, that's the end of the opening yeah. okay. I mean, that, that I up, up on the air. The horse neighs, and MacGyver does like, "I'm with you, pal. I hate heights." Yeah. Although we... he consistently puts himself in high situations.
0: Yeah. Which um, I I I don't know if we've technically touched upon it. I mean, we, we did a little bit of uh, acrophobia talk uh, with our last episode, but um, this is this. Is sort of a catchphrase from MacGyver. Yeah. I don't know how far into the series it carries, but um, in, the, in the first episode, we actually have two instances of him mm-hmm. basically explaining out loud his fear of heights. First, with the pilot in the opening gambit before they jump off uh, the cliff. got I hate heights. And then second, when he's um, climbing down into the facility on the ladder with uh, Spencer. With Spencer. God, I hate heights. And then this is the third instance of right. of, his, of it being spoken out loud. Anyway. <laughs> I with you pal.
2: I hate heights.
0: Uh, and then we move into the episode, which um, I think starts with uh, he's already he's in Budapest.
1: Mm-hmm. Talk, uh, talking about uh, I think he's just talking about how much he likes the city, isn't it? Um, and uh, he's eating ice cream. Right. <laughs> checking things out. he's talking about like the, the stock car. Uh, derby that's going to be starting in the next day or two, so right. everyone's preparing for that. You see and, trucks full of cars, and
0: at the same time, he's he's sort of introducing this Grotsky friend of his, mm-hmm. who um, has this delivery of, of uh, military information, some intel. He's an intelligence agent, right? And uh, and he's not comfortable handing it off to just anyone. He wants someone he can trust. And exactly. He, can, he knows he can trust MacGyver. We can all trust MacGyver.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. But in in this like MacGyver. The, the, it's it's very early setup, but MacGyver is watching this guy repair uh, a traffic light timer and, and my, sort
0: of making a mental note of the machinations of this.
1: Yeah, exactly. System and how it, how
0: their traffic lights work
1: because it will come into play. Right. And
0: as will almost any insert.
1: <laughs> and uh, before he encounters uh, Grodsky, the uh, intelligence agent, he is bumped into by a young girl, right, who picks his pocket. Yes. And uh, Yana, as the girl will be known, uh, as she's walking away, he says that she looks at her hand. Yeah,
0: he, he basically calls her on, on having taken his Swiss Army knife. Right. Um, and he asks for it back, and he basically gives her, a, what, a 6 out of 10 yeah. on, on uh, her approach. but. He faults her for looking at her hand, which I don't think she does.
1: Yeah, I think she was pretty good with that.
0: Um, unless she looked at her hand before she actually hit him up for it, like mm. making sure that it was in the right position, which she's not in frame enough for us to tell if that's yeah, what he's talking yeah. about. But it kind of feels like it was written that she looks at her hand, and then they kind of forgot it in the stage direction. Yeah.
1: But uh, he calls her on it, and she gives it back the knife, and uh, she, you know, she she makes him offer like to, to be a guide for him, and then. Uh, Yana
0: is the best. Yeah,
1: she then she offers to sell him a a, a blessing, and he's all, "Sell me!" After I just go, like, "Okay, okay, okay, I'll give you for, for free. free, for free, because you
0: caught me for free."
1: You taught me a lesson. For free, <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right.
0: Like she's com- a completely reformed gypsy now. Yeah. That uh, that he's taught her this lesson.
1: Um, and so she, you know, she, I think she says, "Go in safety, find what you seek." Right. Is her blessing, and as and guy was like,
0: like, "I don't know why I expected something more." <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then, but as she walks away, she bumps into him again, right? And then and then leaves the frame, and then he, that's when he realizes. And
0: uh, I guess she didn't look at her hands this time, cause, yeah. Uh, MacGyver didn't notice that again. She has taken the same Swiss Army knife,
1: right? Uh, so, but he's willing to let it go the second time because I guess she did better.
0: And I know he's got a stockpile of Swiss Army <laughs> knives. <laughs> he's, he's got a straight line. He, yeah. he could just call them up and they'll just ship him a box of Swiss Army
1: knives. I just, I just picture like a drawer full of them.
0: <laughs> That's what he's got at yeah at home.
1: Uh, and he goes and uh, he meets up with Grodzky. Now,
0: now I'm picturing him like sitting down to dinner at night and he's just got Swiss Army <laughs> knives for utensils. <laughs> like one with a fork on it and he's just cutting his meat.
1: Um, Grodzky gives him a signal uh, by opening the watch. And and just kind of like casually looking at it, like very obvious, like giving him a signal, like yeah, like here I am, like let's meet. But
0: yeah, and then so MacGyver casual. approaches him and uh, greets him with like, "Hey, Gratz! Like, yeah. how's it going?" <laughs> uh, I guess uh, we were talking that he <laughs> refuses to address anyone by their full last name. Like right. he he has to abbreviate it some way to indicate how friendly he is.
1: Anyway, getting back to Gratsky, uh.
0: He's not quite ready to do the handoff. They right. they have to go to the Cafe Mozart.
1: Yeah, I I believe that he, he is aware that he may be being watched. Okay. And so, in an attempt to, you know, make the make it a little more, more casual and maybe find a more public place to do this, they he says meet me at the Cafe Mozart, and we see that there is a van where they are videotaping and watching him. Right. So while walking away, Yana. Re enters the situation because this is a crowded public event, you know. There, She's there are just people bouncing around. from
0: tourist to tourist, yeah.
1: Um, but she has these gigantic marbles in her hand and she rolls them out into the, right. s- into the street, which causes Grodsky to trip. Um, which I don't know, I guess
0: they seem like you it would want like to be a small big. bag of, exactly. of tiny marbles, and it doesn't like if it's going to be big marbles, that's fine, but there should be more of them. Yeah, And it's... they're so sparsely laid out on the ground that it seems impossible that he would have tripped over right, them. Right, exactly,
1: but he does. Yeah, and uh, oh man, can you imagine... such a klutz. Though. <laughs> can you ma- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as we'll, we'll see in a
0: moment, he's not uh, he's not very capable of <laughs> walking.
1: Yeah, uh, can you fall, imagine falling onto one of those marbles though? Oh, that would hurt. Oh, yeah, God. it's like. Uh, but she does this. She does this pretty good. It's a pretty good insert watch grab. Yeah. Like I really like the way that they filmed it. It wasn't like a grab flash into my pocket. It was subtle enough where you could see it happening, but also seemed semi believable yeah. that she took the that she takes the watch yeah. from him. Uh, but so she makes the handoff. But that's when the the Russians decide to burst from their van to to and try to capture.
0: Which so, they, for some reason, announced their presence immediately by shouting his name yeah. instead of just trying to tackle him.
1: So Grotzky hears his name, freaks out, and runs out into the street where he's immediately struck by a giant truck. Yeah. Struck by a truck. And killed. And killed. Yeah, he's dead. He's dead on impact. Yeah. And uh, you know, people come and start gathering around going, oh my gosh. You know? And uh, the Russian agents come over and start searching him and realize that the watch is gone. And that's when they go back and review the footage, and
0: they're they're in their surveillance. Yeah, van. they're in their little
1: van. Which I think, and I think I, I mean, I know I, I mentioned this to you. Uh, it's really interesting because they do they do the zoom in on the footage, but they don't enhance it. They zoom in to see Yana taking the watch, but it's blurry. Yeah. But they just focus in on the watch grab, and you can see a blurry image. Yeah, the, of the
0: the point of zooming in is not to like enhance the detail so that they can clear or make out the face. It's to see yeah. what's going on with their um, hands, or to draw the focus of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. and and I like that it wasn't like one of those cheesy zoom in and enhance. Like right. oh, we we were obviously filming this in frigging. 4,800 4, resolution. Yeah, this is
0: this is a 4K image that we're getting from our tiny camera on the van.
1: Yeah, um, and then they also do the same thing with MacGyver. They they zoom in on the pair of him and Grotzky, and they get manage to get a blurry photograph, which they pass around.
0: And they they sort of uh, half decide and half put together that the watch uh, changed hands somewhere in this situation, right. and it either was handed off to MacGyver, who somehow they already know is an mm-hmm. isn't an American agent. Um, and, or Jana took it, yeah. um, which is, she's this, uh, young gypsy girl, which the Hungarian inspector basically says like, oh, she, she's a gypsy. Like, yeah, you can't, there's no way to trace her.
1: Yeah. She's got, they've got no papers. They changed their names. Yeah. Uh, and, uh,
0: there's a funny moment here where, uh, where the the Russian agent's name is Nikolai. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is speaking with, uh, Messick, who is the Hungarian agent, um and he says uh look you're hungarian i'm russian like <laughs> he begins the conversation that way just to make it clear to everyone who's watching like right this is a this is about these two governments trying to work together to solve this issue but it's just a funny cheat for like yeah. for the writing
1: well and and it also brings up they also bring out some things in messick's character who who who's not really a violent man
0: right like like, He's kind of a laid-back. Like, I've had this job for a long time. I sit at a desk all day. Yeah.
1: And now here comes the Russians, and they probably don't really care for the Russians all that much. But they're working together. Right. Um, and because there there is a moment later on where Kosov says, like, you know, we're gonna have to interrogate them harshly. And Messick goes, I don't like. Yeah, to I'm not do that. cool with that. Yeah. yeah. Because you know that's just not who i am it's who you are but not who i am yeah so it makes messick a little bit sympathetic not that that ever comes around at all no but it you you kind of you, you get the feeling that the russian uh, makes the russian even more bad sure like like they're he, they're even intimidating and this episode almost police. built
0: him up to be a recurring villain right um which i guess he does come back but it's a different actor mm. but has the same name
1: well that, that's good, though. Yeah, I, It's good because, like, I, you know, getting ahead of ourselves, but he does sure. say that I'll remember MacGyver for this. Yeah. Uh, uh,
0: Nikolai, I, I guess, comes back in uh, season three um, for uh, two-part uh, episodes oh, okay. one and two of season three are, um, are, are his uh, Revenge. second appearance. But, again, it's a different actor uh, playing the same character. Okay. Although I, th- I think uh, he's actually credited with a different spelling of the name, oh, but it is it is supposed to be the it's same. It's supposed guy. to be the same yeah. character. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, I can't wait to get to that episode.
0: We also have uh, this is the second uh, consecutive instance of a child's uh, dialogue being completely dubbed over, right? And it's again not clear why. I mean, obviously yeah. it wouldn't be clear.
1: I, I and I feel especially in this case because I, the, she seems really emotive. Um, like she seems to hit her marks. She's active. She's smiling. She's. I, I know, I felt, I felt like she did a good job. Um, so MacGyver realizes that uh, Yana must have taken the watch, right? And because he did see her like consoling him when Nikolai fell, so he's probably going, "Oh no!" And so he pursues, he, he tracks her down. He's able to track her down, although the government can't. Um yes. He, met, he tracks her down to this very public. Uh, the her and her family are playing music for people sitting at a uh, cafe, and uh, there's a there's a really great moment where she's like collecting money from people, and and there's like this pan and all of a sudden the last person that she goes to collect from is Macgyver, and he grabs her.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of a fun camera move, like it's sort of panning across this crowd as she's sort of uh, complimenting every every person that she collects money right. from, and then there's a really jagged like swing over to Macgyver as he grabs her arm like. We're as surprised as she is that suddenly he's yeah. there.
1: Because it could have, for all we know, it, it could have been, like, the government. Yeah. Like, but, oh, it's MacGyver. Yeah. And uh, she throws all the money at him, which is,
0: yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's her move. She doesn't drop the tambourine, right?
1: She keeps that? Or does she I drop think, everything? I think she drops everything. I think okay. she throws it all. And uh, she runs off. The family says, ah, oh, don't worry. She, she can vanish like a shadow in the sunshine.
0: Which evidently means runs around a corner and jumps in a trash can. <laughs> the first possible hiding place. Yeah.
1: It's uh, possibly another Indiana Jones uh, reference. oh yeah,
0: kind of, uh,
1: and so you know he immediately finds her and gets back the Swiss Army knife, and then she asks he asks for the watch, and she says, "I'll get your watch, and forgot was I'll get even you like you don't have it, and because she had given it to her brother,
0: yeah, and, and at this point i I think this is where he mentions that a a very good friend of his died for this watch, right, which he he sort of makes the implication that these people killed, killed his friend. But they really didn't. I mean, uh, for all intents and purposes, they but, were going to. Yeah. Or at the very least, imprison and torture him until they gave up this information. Mm-hmm. But they didn't kill him. He kind of wandered out into the street and killed himself. Right.
1: This is his fault.
0: Which I think might have been the writer's way of avoiding, like, the darkness of having them shoot this guy in the street. Yeah. That's it's true. like, it's better if it's an accident.
1: Yana. Jan tells MacGyver that uh, she gave the watch to her brother. Right. It. So they go, okay, well, let's go talk to your brother. And that's Who's, when they hear.
0: They, they, he was just back around the corner performing this, this live music with, right. with her. With the
1: grandfather, I would assume. Because he seems too old to be the father. But right. it is. I don't know. They, yeah, they, I'm not sure. They, they, they don't really explain the relationships other than the brother yeah. being Bruno.
0: And, and I think uh, MacGyver at one point refers to some of them as cousins. Mm. But uh, beyond that, yeah, we're not given any indication as to who, who these people they are. are. Uh, in a familial sense.
1: So uh, they're arrested, though. We find out, like, we hear the police siren. We hear a
0: siren, and Yana is paranoid and runs around the corner, like, terrified that something bad has happened.
1: But when she sees the police arresting her family, she grabs, like, a metal pipe.
0: Yeah, without even thinking about it. It looks yeah. like it's just, like, so firsthand. Like, that's her first thought is, I get a weapon, now i got to beat some people up. Yeah, like she's a very she's got a go-getter attitude.
1: Yeah, and she's like you know, MacGyver stops her, for, obviously,
0: because he's like, oh, "You're gonna get destroyed by these people yeah. if you keep moving."
1: And, then, you know, she, and you can hear the weight of it when she drops it. It's like you know, obviously, like the sound was probably done in post, but you can see it, Like it's, it's like, "Oh my god," yeah. she was gonna wail on these guys.
0: So at this point, she's seeing her family loaded into these uh, police cars. Are are they police cars or just like sort oh, of uh, yeah, they they had like, government vehicles. Yeah, um, and uh, and she's it's sort of dawning on her that this guy wasn't like BSing me like this is an important watch right they came and took my family because they're after this watch and someone has been killed for it already so now she's worried for her family
1: (laughs) her family all steps inside in front of trucks by accident Yeah, all
0: the entire family just runs in front of a bus (laughs) that doesn't happen don't worry that's
1: that's that's how the russians keep things going act two starts with they've been taken to a prison which is
0: It's like a political prison.
1: Yeah, it's like – it was like they thought – they call it a political prison, but it's really like a very small enclosure, very hastily looked like – very hastily put together.
0: I think she calls it Borza prison. Yeah,
1: there's even a sign that says Borza. Right. And like they're like, oh, this is a prison for political people. But this prison is like really – doesn't seem like it's important enough to put political prisoners in. It's just – very basic wooden structures. Not a lot of guards. Yeah,
0: it's it's almost like it's a labor camp, but they're not doing any worthwhile labor. They're just building more, more prisons. <laughs> <laughs> they're just they're putting up the framework for another another structure, but it doesn't even seem like there's enough prisoners, right, to need additional housing.
1: And and there's a huge junk pile from previous structures, so I'm wondering if they're just building structures they just, and then tearing they just them knock down. Knock it
0: over again. ha, <laughs> <laughs> ah, now you build it again. It's just like a, a decades old game of jenga with just political prisoners being forced to rebuild
1: <laughs> and buildings.
0: When uh, when they're spying on on the prison, it seems like she's apparently monitored this prison enough that she knows their daily schedule of supplies. So she knows it's five o'clock that this this truck comes in mm-hmm. every time. Um, but while they're while they're waiting there over the hill, kind of looking at at the camp, she sort of clutches this uh, little. Um, Medallion that she has that right. the saint, saint, saint Dismas, which uh, which MacGyver identifies as the patron saint of thieves. <laughs> and then you, I remember at, <laughs> at this point you turned to me and said, I wonder if all Ten Commandments have patron
1: saints. <laughs> yeah, it, it just seems odd that one of the commandments has a saint who's like, Whoa, wait a minute.
0: <laughs> now, hold on, we're not supposed to be taking things, are we? <laughs> <laughs> why? How, why would you defend those people? The,
1: the patron saint of adultery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, the they're they're trying to like you know they're making a point of it, saying like oh you know we we need his we need his luck right now yeah. to get in. But MacGyver comes up with this plan to breach at least breach this the security to get into the prison.
0: But she says they check the truck on the way out every time right. to make sure that people don't.
1: So, but, but to get in, he rigs up this weird. Uh, he calls it the a light, bulb slow, light bulb sandwich, where he just basically puts a bunch of light bulbs between two planks of wood.
0: And it's not clear exactly what purpose that serves. Yeah,
1: because the truck – they, they as the truck approaches, MacGyver gives her the signal, and she drags it into the – In front of the truck. In front of the truck, and it gets run over, and it just makes a lot of noise. Um, but that stops the truck. But –
0: I don't, I don't think it would necessarily stop the truck though yeah, in that situation, I mean, I, and I don't know that they would stop when they heard that sound either. They would just be like, "Oh, we ran over something."
1: Yeah, there's a lot of junk out there. It, it, the truck didn't seem like it would have gotten a flat out of maybe the bump of hitting the wood. Right. But it functioned as a distraction.
0: And and you pointed out that as soon as the drivers got out, they would have seen the rope going straight from the light bulb sandwich to Yana, who's she doesn't ducked loop. behind. Yeah. Whatever uh, she's just hiding behind some some Bushes, barrels or something. Yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, I, w- I would have been. It's very conspicuous. It's very obvious that okay, someone put this here. It was not here two minutes ago.
0: And I guess we decided that the the only reason they would get out is that the sound of the light bulbs exploding would have in some way mimicked the sound of
1: like a tire blowing, a yeah. tire
0: popping. Yeah.
1: So they get out. MacGyver picks the lock on the back of the truck really quick. Yeah. And then manages to to hop in, and uh, while it's driving in, he lights a match and sees all the materials that he's going to be using which for. by the way
0: moving forward i think this would have been a better place for him to smuggle yana into the truck like really put her in in the truck then because oh okay i see what she you're doesn't saying. serve a purpose in the rest of this escape plan really um and it's just a really dangerous situation for her to be in i feel like she should have been smuggled into this truck right now and tucked right. under something safely but that's, not what, that's
1: happens. not what well i mean he he doesn't know well, he doesn't know what happens going to happen. Well, of course, if the plan fails, but then they would check the truck. If the plan fails and they check the truck, they'd find her. And
0: then she would be in prison. Yeah. So, okay, maybe that makes
1: sense. Eh, either way, um, it's more fun to have her run in front of gunfire later on. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, MacGyver gets into the prison and is in the truck, and he finds uniforms.
0: Yeah, he basically layers himself um, in in. His own clothes, and then two layers on top of that. <laughs> so he's he has the MacGyver clothes, and then up on top of that he's wearing um, the, uh, the guard an uniform. official guard uniform. Right. And then above that he's wearing sort of the the typical Pri- prison outfit.
1: Right. Which is which is like a dark darker gray, darker green kind of outfit. Yeah. And he gets off, and he's got all these. He's carrying a mop bucket and a mop, but inside the mop bucket he's got all these materials. Right. For his next major plan. Um which he stops by a, a workbench where there's, like, a battery. Right. And he, I'm assuming it's battery acid that he's dumping out of it. It's 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 a clear liquid, but I know, I mean, you know, because there's those, the batteries that you fill up with, with distilled water. Right. But there's still acid in there. It's still, yeah. like, you yeah. can't, once you fill it up with distilled water, you can't get it back out without it being acid. Yeah. Um. So I'm assuming it's, it's sulfuric acid that he's got now in a little container because it is kind of steaming. Not that, I don't know if acid does that or if it was just, Coal and there was yeah. just vapor from the water. Yeah. Either way. Um, and he creates like this weird concoction that he says is going to be a bomb. Another distraction bomb. Yeah. Using sugar, weed killer. And uh, salt. And salt.
0: Which conveniently were all in like jars right next to each other. Because
1: right. that's where you keep the weed killer. All, all
0: of it was on the on the truck. And so he took all of that with him before he actually got off right. the truck.
1: So he sets up the distraction in the mop bucket. Right. And then uh, pours, he, pours he, the acid
0: yeah, on the rag over the top of it. Right. And then he goes and approaches um, Yana's family, and he actually, um, after repeat viewings, I noticed he he whistles a few notes from the song that they were performing on the street corner. Right. Um, to try and get their attention, like, hey, I know you. I am. <laughs> I know you guys, and uh, and they immediately turn around. Oh, you're you're the American from the street corner. Like they know exactly who he is right away. Right. And he explains Yana wants to get you guys out of here. I got a plan cooking. There's no reason for me to tell you any of this <laughs> except to endanger the mission.
1: But. Right. <laughs> um, but he, what's weird is because like, the next scene is him changing out of that uniform, and he gives them a signal to start a fight. Yes. But he never gave them that information because he yeah. walks away. He says, just hang tight, and then yeah. he walks away. But at some point, he must have come back to them and said, oh, yeah, by the way. By the
0: way, I'm going to give you a signal and just start beating the crap out of each other.
1: Um. But I guess either got cut or – they forgot to put it in. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. And it,
0: then one of the other prisoners like shouts out, "It's an escape plan!" Like,
1: <laughs> so crazy.
0: Like it's like you could not be more conspicuous. It's like, hey, maybe we should just try to escape and <laughs> don't bring it to the guards' attention. What's going on right. here?
2: It's an escape <laughs> plan.
1: Yeah! Um. Oh, we, we didn't mention. There's a setup before before this bomb goes off and the escape plan starts. There's a couple of other setups he does. He the tractor that he he gets a tractor all set up, which is a bunch of scenes in the opening credits of him. There's a scene of him dragging the barbed wire with his foot,
0: unscrewing the the, the bolts in the steering the, wheel.
1: The gear tying something to the gear knob.
0: Right, which um, which we we noted a couple times corresponds with like yeah. in the in the opening theme as as you're hearing. Doo-doo-doo. Like he's shaking this, this uh. The...
1: Yeah, some editor was really proud of himself. Yeah,
0: it's it's it goes right in tune with the beat.
1: Uh, so he gets this tractor rigged up, and does he set the? He waits for the explosion to go off.
0: Before he sets the tractor in motion. Right, and the yeah. the
1: fights he he signals the fight, the guards are distracted by that. The explosion goes off. The other guards start coming out, and there's a lot of chaos. And then the tractor starts going, and it's dragging the barbed wire, which yeah. will create a, an a artificial line, yeah, sort of. like an, an artificial barrier that the guards can't cross.
0: Yeah. Um, and so he's piling Yonit's family into the back of the the truck, the truck, he, truck he snuck he in, in on. on yeah. Um, and because they usually check the truck on the way out, he's he's going to just drive it himself, so they don't get the opportunity to do that.
1: Yeah. He, he just drives right through the fence. Yeah. And uh then he stops and says, Yana, come over here while they're opening fire on the back of the truck So
0: everyone's protected by this truck except for this little Yeah. Probably I don't know how old she is at, at this 10 or 12 yeah yeah.
1: but maybe they're aiming high
0: but yeah they're shooting at this little girl regardless it doesn't look like there's anything on the truck to shoot at yeah and uh she's running after them and and just kind of like laughing as she goes and and macgyver like pulls her up into the onto the driver's side Mm -hmm. of the truck um and they skid away and
1: and and that's when we get the next twist in the plot where he says all right now let me have that watch as if they would as if the guards wouldn't have taken off yeah the
0: whole point of Kidnapping that entire family was to get the watch. <laughs> yeah, and so they obviously would have searched all these people for the watch. But... Right.
1: Um, he says, but uh, Bruno tells him that he sold the watch right. to another gypsy uh, named Marina.
0: Yeah, a gypsy fence. He calls her on the yeah. way into the bar.
1: I like the term fence. I wonder.
0: Yeah, it's it's an underused smugglers. Yeah, smuggler phrase. Yeah. So you,
1: whenever whenever you need to sell something that you can't normally sell, you need a fence.
0: Yeah. That with with your with your hot goods.
1: Yeah. So MacGyver heads out to this uh, seedy bar, right. where, like, uh, assuming all other, they're all other gypsies, kind of hanging out. There's a he's gre- immediately greeted by this guy with a massive scar across his face and neck.
0: Yeah, it looks like he took a, a pretty nice uh, knife cut to the face. Yeah,
1: and very intimidating. And uh, my so, late for
0: happy hour or something <laughs> like that.
1: And he starts asking questions with his people in the bar, a little nervous, and they start wanting to know who he is. uh
0: The guy sitting closest to him at the bar, um, the actor's name is Jim Goza, um, and uh, apparently he's credited as Grosh, although I don't think he actually says his name Mm. uh, in the scene. But uh, he was in a lot of uh, westerns. He was in High Plains Drifter. Mm. um, And actually, he he ended up, he he passed away four years after this appearance. Uh, The only thing he did between uh, this episode of MacGyver and and passing away was um, he did the voice of Abominus. On transformers, oh, okay. which I'm not even uh, sure which transformer that is, but
1: well, um, he sounds—he sounds like a bad guy. <laughs> but as soon as
0: I saw his face, I knew I'd recognize him somewhere because he's just got one of those great character actor right, faces.
1: Right. Um, and because—and be, even though they didn't say his name, because he had speaking lines, right. he would have yeah. gotten—he would have
0: gotten a credit, yeah.
1: And uh, so they're not happy that Macgyver's asking all these questions, and they're getting ready to beat him up.
0: And he's not really happy that they're asking him questions either. they're—they're <laughs> yeah. so they're at an <laughs> impasse.
1: I don't care, Kylie, for folks who ask questions. <laughs> uh, so they have a little bit of a fight, and MacGyver jumps over the bar. And then he does something. I'm not quite sure what happens. He grabs some powder, throws it out in the air, lights a match, and it seems to burst into flames.
0: Which I think almost any powder would do.
1: Because that's a thing, like when old flour mills Right, explode. they'll explode
0: because there's just dust in the air. Yeah. like So they're... it's not clear what exactly he's taking and throwing into the air in and yeah. lighting, but... I think almost any powder uh, in the air like that like would, just would causes have...
1: the flames to tr- seek out oxygen. And yeah. Like whoosh. Yeah. Um, but it's a pretty it's a pretty cool effect. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it gets everyone's attention, and... including
0: Rena's, who uh, is, right. is the uh, is the fence who is upstairs um, and has been listening to this whole conversation and, right. and subsequent scuffle and kind of calls down like MacGyver. Why don't you come on up here?
1: <laughs> which, which is odd because right next to her door is a massive red light. Right. And it's like, oh, okay.
0: Is that, is that the establishment we have here? Yeah. You own a bar and you're a fence and, and you have other jobs too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they just ran out of normal bolts, I swear.
0: Right. And she, uh, this actress, Sue Keel, who plays Reina, she, uh, she appears in Red Heat as mm. uh, Hedda. But it, it's a similar character. Red, red heat. That's the the Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger one. Yeah.
1: yeah, Is it Belushi too? In that?
0: I, that sounds right.
1: Like uh, Jim Belushi, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, I th- I know that movie. I just had definitely wasn't
0: John. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> he was gone at the time. Uh, so Rena's asking about what he what he's looking for. And uh, he sees that she's wearing the watch around her neck.
0: First, she assumes that he's selling things, right? Which I guess she thought he was like smuggling blue jeans into the country, right? Which is a sort of like a typical like Eastern Bloc, like American good that gets sold on the black market. Mm-hmm.
1: And and she, but she says it almost sarcastically too. Like, like what do
0: you got? Blue jeans? Yeah. Get out of my bar.
1: <laughs> this isn't this isn't that kind of place. Yeah. Um. And uh, so he he's telling her that the watch is important. And he says he's going to be honest with her, like because he, he's kind of like digs her style. Yeah, and uh,
0: and he is <laughs> bizarrely yeah. honest with her for, yeah, for a gypsy,
1: way too honest. Yeah, like he's giving up information. And uh, but she does a, a lie detector test with him in that she rubs his lips with alcohol and then kisses him.
0: And, and it's a gypsy trick.
1: Yeah, I was wondering if she rubbed the lips with, with lips with alcohol in case he was wearing something on his lips that would. Poison, poison her, her? Or knock oh, her out. and it would
0: kill it or w- wash it yeah, off. Yeah,
1: I, I was I was thinking about the reason to do that. And I was like, oh, that's kind of actually pretty clever. If if you consider like I think
0: it's clever because you're reading way further into yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I think I it was, was like, just supposed to be a little seductive. Move. I think that
1: I'm clever. <laughs> so I, that's really basically.
0: <laughs> I think we've covered the fact that you're clever.
1: Um. So he believes she believes MacGyver, and he shows her the watch with the names. Yeah. And, he, and tra- he makes like a makeshift ma- magnifying glass out of bobby pins, which doesn't
0: really serve a purpose. I mean, it, it I guess it there, the writers were getting uncomfortable. There had been a few pages without MacGyverisms, And so in convincing her that this watch is something that he needs back, he takes it from her and he pulls a bobby pin out of her hair, which is not actually doing anything. Yeah, to hold uh, her her hair. hair just seems um, like it's free flowing, but then he dips it in the drink that she has. And he uses kind of the space, uh, in the, in, inside the bobby pin, um, with the, the wine sort the of wine clinging droplet. to it. Yeah. It's like cleaving to the bobby pin, and he holds it over the watch to use it as a magnifying glass. But you can read it better right. on the other side of the screen where the magnifying glass isn't obscuring the view of yeah. the names. Yeah,
1: and it's like it's all distorted and discolored, and yeah. it's like I can, I can see that there are names.
0: And it also, I mean, along the same lines, it, it kind of seems like, a really bad way to store the intelligence that it's so easily legible. Yeah, like it should have been printed on the other side of the watch face. Exactly,
1: exactly, or on the yeah, you know, like yeah, exactly. There's any number of ways that it couldn't.
0: But and it, and it's not even encoded in any way. It's just literally a list of names of mm-hmm. of um, I think at at this point we understand that these are Russian operatives who have infiltrated England. Yeah, England and their military services, and so they're they're spies working in England for Russia and so he needs this information right. to let them know.
1: Yeah, so they can they can discover them. So macgyver you know, the police arrive. Somehow they they managed to track track him. Maybe they must have Oh, no, cuz there was a guy in the bar who had his picture. Right. The guy in the bar like uh, was a was a double agent, you know, a gypsy spy or or was willing to sell information.
0: Yeah, he could have just been a, a stoolie that's just like out there like ready to turn anybody in.
1: Yeah. And uh so they call the police, the police arrive. And MacGyver – you know, Rena gives, just gives MacGyver the watch, realizing that it's right. it's important and the police are there. And, and so, also
0: there's sort of the implication that she's already romantically interested yeah. in him. Um,
1: um, but also, worst case, you know, the police are there. If they search the place and find the watch, they're going to take it. So yeah. better to, to get it away than to keep it.
0: Yeah. And I also thought it was kind of funny here um, that when he first gets up there, he says, like, you know – you got me out of a spot down there. And, and she says, yeah, you know, if you were still down there, you'd, you'd be getting the, you'd be Dead. getting beaten up right now. Um, and then he says, yeah, is there a back door out of this place? And she's like, there's many, but you have to earn them. <laughs> and then now when he actually needs a way out, she just kind of pushes him out a window. Yeah. <laughs> like there are no back doors. She was lying before.
1: Yeah. And it's just, it's a, it's a roof that goes like from the third floor. The whole all, way down. It's a slanted way down to yeah. like almost ground level.
0: It's a pretty cool stunt. though. It's a
1: really cool stunt because it's, It's not like it's a stuntman, but it's not like a a controlled slide where he's like he's an expert at like sliding roof stops and landing on his feet. It's a very erratic, frightened, trying to keep himself steady slide down the roof, which could
0: just be uh, the performance of the stuntman who is in complete control but just knows that MacGyver wouldn't have been
1: exactly. I, I felt it was a really nice touch, yeah. And then when he comes off the roof, he doesn't land on his feet. Falls to the ground. Yeah, he,
0: he almost lands on his feet, and then they kind of get popped out from under yeah. him when he lands on his butt.
1: Uh, so you, you you realize Macgyver is like not an acrobat, or right. you know he's just he's good with his mind. Yeah, and uh, they make a getaway, realizing now that they're still trapped in the country.
0: Right. He runs to the street, and immediately a taxi pulls up with all the gypsies in it that right. he's been working with.
1: And uh, so now they know they have to get out of the country, but they know that the the airports and all that will be shut down. So they have to discover. Another way to get out. And,
0: uh... Yana is insistent that they be smuggled into America. Right. Now that they have the watch back, she wants to go to America because she's tired of living in Hungary and, and, uh... And she has this funny little, like, can we come with you, MacGyver? And he's like, where are you going to go? And she's like, America, America. And just starts, like, naming random American things. Clint Eastwood. uh, Girls just want to have fun. fun. Like, please take me with you. And and at this point, MacGyver's like, I can't take you to America. I'm going to take you to America. Um, And his brilliant plan is like, okay, well, we're going to need some mechanics Some, overalls. Yeah, we're in, we need mechanics overalls and
1: which they really didn't in, they, in they, the long run they didn't really need them. Well, we we come to learn
0: the reason they needed mechanics overalls was to match the footage.
1: Oh, that's right. Uh
0: <laughs> which we should mention that the a a huge portion of the remainder of this episode is essentially a clip show from the original Italian job. And the implication is that there's this there's this car show in town and uh and so there there would be uh, naturally there would be mechanics as well as right, uh, drivers. Right. And so they're they're posing as a team of mechanics to, to work on these cars um, and that they will somehow not be stopped at the Hungarian-Austrian border. Because
1: um, no one ever gets stopped at
0: the border. Right. Even though... As, as uh, Messick explained earlier, that their information has been sent to all border yeah. crossings, and they're looking out for this guy, and they're not going to let him through. And there's there's nobody – there's not even a, a barrier to stop the car, is there? Or did, it's, did, it's a
1: wooden – it's just a wooden arm. Which, which they, they just drive right through. Yeah.
0: Which obviously they, they would have done if they were in a hurry to get out of the country.
1: Yeah, and but it's like – but the other country always lets them in. But, but maybe they do it as like a ding to – it's like, ah, oh, communists are on the other side of this fence. Yeah. What jerks. Oh, those people are trying to get out. Well, uh, let's we'll just let him, let him come on over. Yeah. But like do other when other people try to get out – like other people who try to get out legitimately that, – yeah. that's my confusion with always like what's going on with the Iron Curtain. Yeah. Is they have these border crossings which seem very lightly guarded and there must be people who are leaving occasionally. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you always get this sense of like, especially when we were kids, that the Cold War and people were in those countries and they they just weren't allowed to leave and ever. They, they
0: wanted desperately to escape their country, but they couldn't get out.
1: Yeah, but but it seemed but, but it's like to...
0: that's the biggest border in the world. Yeah. Like for, for anyone to expect that it's not extremely porous is just
1: crazy. Yeah. Um. So they grab the cars, but MacGyver first like creates a traffic signal trap.
0: Yeah, he slices up a credit card. Right.
1: And slides it into it's a it's a it's a it's an analog circuit, so it's it's this set of gears that are constantly being checked
0: to operate the changing of the traffic lights.
1: Right. So, but now with all these extra pieces in there, it keeps getting stuck, causing it not to be able to either to change the lights or changing them too frequently or infrequently, and causing major traffic, which again is just footage I think I believe from the Italian job.
0: And, tra- and I think also part of the plot from the Italian job that they, they're sort of causing this traffic jam because their vehicles are, are miniature. They they, they have uh, mini coopers um, and they're able to sort of off-road and, and sort of work their way around the traffic by taking underground tunnels and roof ramps which yeah. are improbably constructed roof ramps well, well you spotted the um the fiat, the fiat, fiat factory
1: because fiat is actually featured very prominently in this in this episode
0: yes um well because it's the italian job footage uh, we're no longer in hungary although it's, yeah. it's it's still playing hungary but um so macgyver and yana are in one car and the cousins are split up into two other cars um and they start their chase with the three Mini Coopers that feature prominently in the mm-hmm. large chase in, in the Italian Job. Um, and uh, they go underground through tunnels. They go off ramps on different roofs. Right. And there's this really cool shot of um, it's actually the Fiat factory in Italy. And uh, they have a racetrack on the roof where they do like testing. Which seems like a really dangerous place for a yeah. uh, uh, testing track. You know, somebody just drives off of that and just falls. You know, twenty stories. There's to...
1: mattresses all around the factory. <laughs> oh, that's, there's mattress
0: factories all around. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so they 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 do a lap on this uh, this rooftop racetrack, um, and then uh, there's there's a lot of cool stunts with the cars, yeah, but, but it can't all, really be all, credited to this team.
1: Yeah, it's all it's all from, and they even reuse a joke where. In the movie, right. they, they grab a chicken off someone's table.
0: Yeah, and then we cut to the interior of the car with a different chicken than these. Yeah. And Yana's two cousins, like, cracking up over the fact that they just grabbed this chicken yeah, off someone's table. Yeah, they're in a pursuit,
1: but now they're it's eating like, really greasy chicken while like, they're trying to no, hold on to No, this thing.
0: happened in the Italian job a long time ago. You didn't take that chicken just now. Yeah.
1: Um, and, uh, you know, the, obviously the, the chase is exciting. It's uh, worth
0: complimenting the the photography of the original film. Exactly. Um, they're really great stunts and. It could probably only be done with Mini Coopers. Yeah,
1: and uh, but also part of MacGyver's plan is to interfere with the police radios. Right. So he had Yana grab uh, like a just a hand radio, like a normal like just casual radio to listen to music which, to.
0: Which is playing what what she refers to as rock and roll, but <laughs> which I don't think even no. at the time anyone would have confused for rock and roll. Maybe it was Hungarian rock and roll. <laughs> oh, maybe maybe that's what it was.
1: Um, and then she also grabs a police radio, and so she tapes them together. And which
0: is like a, the. It's, it's a MacGyverism, but it's really, like... Yeah,
1: well, it, but it's all part of, I guess, a MacGyveristic plan of utilizing tools. And maybe he's
0: teaching her to be a MacGyver by saying, yeah. like, take this and take this and take some duct tape out of my pocket and just put this thing together.
1: And then um, he says, but he says if, like, they can get up, get it up high enough that they It'll can... will disable
0: all the police radios. Right, because
1: they won't be able to... While they could change different frequencies, they won't be able to tell each other what frequency they're going to. Um and uh, so he buys a whole bunch of balloons and just sends it up into the air. Yeah. Um, which is a pretty cool plan. I, I really like yeah. that aspect of the plan.
0: But I, I also wonder too if that's actually how these would work or if it would get far enough away that it would just yeah, it would, not it, be effective. Just, it would it be would rendered fall useless. Off yeah.
1: And, or the winds blow it the wrong way, it's yeah. not following them. Yeah. Um so they reach the border and again they you know, there are people there at the border, but they just drive right through and immediately stop when they're on the other side of the of uh i think i think it's austria
0: yeah and and even nikolai the the russian agent at this point realizes we're not following them they got too far yeah like we don't we want to avoid an international incident
1: and and messick even goes thanks good thank you i I don't want (laughs) yeah that kind of pressure on me
0: and nikolai's like all right i guess i'm just gonna have a a bunch of dead agents on my hands (laughs) (laughs) just gonna have to deal with it yeah
1: we're all dead men anyway but MacGyver, you know, he says, I'm going to remember MacGyver. I, just, I can't remember. Does he yell MacGyver? MacGyver!
0: <laughs> I think he does.
1: MacGyver! So like, But then he convinces the border on the other side to let them cross.
0: Yeah, so he, uh, MacGyver lets Yana uh, and her family know that uh, it's going to take a couple days processing, but they'll be brought to America. Which Yay. I didn't realize he had like such a diplomatic status that he could just sort of assign people a nationality. <laughs> like, right. oh, you get to come to America. Lots of people on the waiting list, but yeah, and, congratulations uh, for stealing things from everyone.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, sure you're going to have a lot of luck stealing stuff yeah. in America. <laughs> Lots of people to steal stuff yeah. from. Very sorry, sorry to the Romanies who are listening. Who stole a iPod (laughs) to listen to this show? (laughs) 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 We hope you enjoy. Um, And that's uh, that's the end of the episode. She um, they thank each other, and she gives him her medallion of Saint Dismas. Yeah, which uh, she says he
0: earned, and uh, or first he gives her the Swiss Army knife. Yeah. That she stole twice. Um because he says she's earned it by stealing it <laughs> enough times, I guess. Yeah. And uh and then in exchange she gives him the St. Dismas uh medallion.
1: It's a really a really touching moment. Yeah. And
0: uh again, uh MacGyver gets to bond with a child. Mm-hmm. Um for now the third episode in a row. Yeah. Although I think we break that streak next week.
1: Well oh, yeah. I think so. Definitely actually. Yeah.
0: There <laughs> there are no children. Um yeah, so I think that's uh that's it for episode three of yeah. season
1: one. So you actually got a chance to speak with uh, the girl who played Yana, Kelly McClain, right? who now goes by Cora Cyprus, correct?
0: That's correct, yeah. And on that note, allow me to present the titular thief of Budapest, Yana, as played by Cora Cyprus. Again, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Yeah. How did you first get into acting as a child?
2: I suppose it started with uh, you know little um, experiences like at a, a boys and girls club that I went to in Newport Beach where we were living at the time, and um, you know little Alice in Wonderland plays. I was the White Rabbit, and and then my mother realized I just had too much energy and and two older brothers, and she wanted me to hopefully not turn out exactly like them, so she uh, started taking me on interviews for plays that we found in something called the drama log down south and uh i i got you know a part in a small play called between daylight and boonville at um i think it was called the colony theater i can't really remember but um and i got that part and during one of the performances i got an agent from there nice. and it all happened pretty quickly actually
0: did you have any trouble balancing acting and and just being a kid in general
2: acting and playing no they were pretty much one and the same you know i often ended up you know around a lot of other kids doing it so yeah no it was a lot of fun
0: do you remember what the audition process was like for macgyver
2: um yeah i do i mean it was you know interview after interview At, at the time i think when i got that part i was living in uh my mom had moved us back to the central valley which was bakersfield california at the time and uh and so it was a lot of driving i remember that i (laughs) i I wasn't too thrilled with the (laughs) the acting thing at that time because it wasn't theater and i really loved the stage um and i didn't like you know i wasn't that interested in you know film or or commercials as i'd been doing and and so it was a lot of driving, uh, and I think at least three interviews. So a couple of interviews, and uh, so one interview, a, a producer's interview, and then a producer's callback. Cool. Yeah. And, then, and then the bell. <laughs> My agent, every, every time you got a part, they'd call you up and they'd ring a big bell in your ear.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, do you remember that atmosphere on set?
2: Um, well, it was... I'm sure nothing like it actually was for the adults, but for me it was um it was just sort of hanging out a lot and occasionally being summoned to you know to do my part but uh, a lot in my trailer and um and actually the the group of guys that I was working with were were really sweet, richard included so um, yeah. but the the gypsy brothers and father I had they were <laughs> they were interesting guys, just always showing me little tricks with strings in their hand or you know. Just, you know, having a lot, a lot of fun together.
0: Was this all Southern California for the shoot?
2: That's a great question. It, I'm pretty sure that it was. Again, you know, I think I was 10 years old. Sure, so yeah. I'm not always aware of where I am. But I, I, I'm pretty sure it was in a, I want to say Expedition Park. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I think that's where at least some of it was filmed. So.
0: And have you've actually seen the final product or...?
2: Well, I haven't seen it to be honest in probably 20 years, but yeah, I, I didn't see it.
0: <laughs> Do you remember what you thought of the episode?
2: Um I think I remember just being like most actors, you know, pretty self-critiquing and like, wow, I can't believe I was that bad. <laughs> <laughs> really? so, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it wasn't exactly the the role of a lifetime, so.
0: <laughs> it seems like your voice might have been dubbed over for the whole episode?
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, um there was a great private tutor I had. Uh he knew lots of riddles and he was he was kind of a prankster. Um it was a lot of fun. We hung out a lot and I do remember while shooting one scene he he came up to me and he, he told me he, he hit a balloon full of helium in a, a garbage can that I was supposed to go hide in. Uh, and so when I was instructed to hide in one, I quickly sucked down right before the director called action, a whole bunch of helium. And uh, so when I popped out, my scared little voice turned to a chipmunk. Although I don't really think I had a line there, but I obviously said something yeah. right at the point where I was supposed to be caught by Richard. And that could be the reason why. No, I'm kidding, obviously. Um <laughs> It's, uh, they never really told me I, I was supposed to have a gypsy accent and you would have think, you know, you would have thought that I would have figured that out. But uh, my mom was my manager, you know, at the time Uh, we didn't, we came from pretty, pretty poor backgrounds. So we didn't have a lot. So I think she decided to keep the extra 10% of whatever it was herself. And she really didn't have a clue how to manage me. Um, you know, I would show up to the first scene, not even knowing a single line and they said, what, what's wrong with this kid? Send her back to her, you know, trailer and, let somebody help her figure this out, so but uh, they didn't they didn't tell me that, and my mom didn't indicate that and i I actually used to love doing you know accents and stuff when I was a kid because my my older brother was really good at them he still is, and um so I suppose if they would have you know given me an opportunity i i I would have done just fine, but they just dubbed it over at the end because it was a little American girl.
0: It actually seems like something that they've they've done with almost every child actor that we've covered on the show so far. Like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, the voices just constantly get dubbed over.
2: Yeah, it's pretty bad, too. It's a really bad accent. I don't know if they actually brought someone in or, you know, who was <laughs> gypsy type, but uh, or if they just had some American girl do it. But
0: After you were on the show and then it kind of became a huge thing, were you actually a fan of the show?
2: Uh, no, I can't say that I ever was. I mean, I, I didn't watch it regularly at all. Maybe I've seen, you know, four or five episodes ever. Yeah. Um I remember in anticipation of it coming out cuz I think ours was like the second or third episode. I don't even yeah, remember. Yeah, it was the third. Was it the third? Okay. Um I remember watching the first two thinking, "Oh, you know, this is what I'm going to be on."
0: Were there any other memorable moments on set?
2: Oh, gosh. I was I'm reaching back 30 years here, but yeah. <laughs> Um I suppose there was there was one a memorable one. There's a scene. Uh, there's a scene where he's been chasing me for a while. He finally catches up with me yet again, and I've, I think I've got a tambourine in my hands or something, and I'm, you know, asking for donations after performing yeah. some whistle tune. And uh, and he grabs my hand, and I throw like the, the coins from the tambourine in his face, and I'm supposed to run. And I, I remember this all happened up kind of on a, on a, a little bit on a, I don't know, hillside so to speak. And I'm running, and I'm, and there's a retaining wall, and I'm running along this retaining wall, which, and and I I jump off, only I I just misjudge it, and I, I go diving into home plate head first. <laughs> and I I remember literally being spread out, you know. Uh, and looking, lifting my head and looking up and seeing my mother totally unaffected because she was used to me, you know, running and falling with my brothers. I had a hundred, you know, <laughs> scars on my knees. And uh, But I remember vividly seeing the cameraman just go, oh, and drop his head into his hand. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the director just, you know, slack jaw, drop jaw and uh, thinking, um, who knows? I mean, I'm sure, wow, we're going to have to get another girl to film the rest of this now that she's broken her wrist. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, so that was uh, somewhat entertaining for them, I'm sure. (laughs)
0: Um, On your IMDb, there's only actually one other credit where you appeared as Katie in the second episode of CBS's Throb with Paul Walker. What was that like?
2: Um, Well, I, I think somebody, a friend of mine told me, maybe a year or two ago. Um, somehow they found I don't really tell people about my past for the most part. Sure. It just doesn't really come up. And um but they found out somehow that I had a, you know, background in this as a child. And they, they Googled me, I think. I don't know. They searched for me somehow on the web and they said, Cora, did you know that you're the only woman in the world to have ever kissed Paul Walker and Richard Dean Anderson on screen? <laughs> So,
0: <laughs> i actually found the same the same line
2: did you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like a year or two ago they told me that and uh, it was actually i don't i don't remember when paul passed away but maybe a year ago now maybe a little less yeah but um it was before that so i thought that was quite that i was pretty proud of
0: <laughs> yeah that's that's an achievement definitely
2: <laughs> yeah so no Throb, but Throb i Throb was so fast i mean you know macgyver took at least a week or two to film. I don't remember. But, you know, Throb was obviously like a scene or two. And so um, that only took a day or two.
0: And did you work on any other projects that weren't on your IMDb?
2: Um, no, I mean, not not really. I mean, again, more theater-oriented things. Um, it's funny, when you go through the interview process, at least as a kid, they they there's such big experiences. You know, I, I had a lot of, Close calls, you know, in terms of parts that I got, you know, I, I was, it was between me and Winona writer for um, uh, Beetlejuice. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, I know. Funny, huh? And at the end, of course, they just said the same thing. They said, "Oh, you know, you look too sweet. You're a little too innocent." <laughs> you know, I got that a lot.
0: Not scary enough.
2: Yeah, not scary enough. Not, <laughs> and I think, you know, I was, I was always a lot younger than I. I looked a y- lot younger than I actually was, so I think they were looking for somebody a little older for that part. Um, you know, I interviewed for a—I don't even—I think it was called Blue Skies. It was this, um, a pilot that never got picked up with Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> um, and so, you know, those are all very time-intensive things where you go down for many interviews and even, you know, uh, sh- shoots—sort of like you know, ten-minute, ten-minute pieces so they can really see you get into it but um yeah so no nothing on title i mean commercial you know mcdonald's commercial things like that but um but nothing to speak of no and it was fine by me i really loved the stage a lot more so (laughs) i my mom fought me tooth and nail to get me down there for those interviews most of the time because i was being yanked out of school and away from my friends and away from my brothers and you know who i was very close to so
0: and what are you doing these days?
2: These days I am an editor <laughs> at UC Berkeley and, um, for an academic review at the business school called the California Management Review. And um, and I'm in a band, so <laughs> I, I play rock and roll. <laughs> well, Some funk and blues and stuff like that.
0: Well, maybe we can link to some of that on our uh, post when this episode goes up.
2: Yeah, sure. That'd be great. Our band is called Spoken Road. Spoken Road. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, we perform mostly in the Bay Area, just, you know, small gigs, um, bars and, you know, cafes and restaurants, things like that.
0: Cool. All right. Well, thank you again so much for calling. I'm glad we were able to get a hold of you.
2: Right on. Well, best of luck to you guys and what you're doing.
0: Sure. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And we want to thank Cora again so much for speaking with us. Uh, if you're interested in listening to the music that she mentioned, uh, her Reverb Nation page can be found at reverbnation.com/spokenroad, and they also have a Facebook page at facebook.com/spokenroad. Also, the location Cora mentioned, uh, Exposition Park, where uh, some of the Thief of Budapest was shot, is actually right here in Los Angeles. And according to rdanderson.com's MacGyver locations page, the specific building they used to establish Budapest is the LA County Natural History Museum.
1: It's a good episode. I mean, again, a lot of the, we were talking about the a lot of the footage came from the Italian job, but I like I like I like the more espionagey MacGyver episodes. Sure,
0: and I, f- and I also don't, um, and and maybe it's it's my own ignorance for not having seen whatever movie specifically uses these this plot, but I feel like this is the more original story. I I had mentioned in our first episode that it felt in places like. Um, the Andromeda strain. Mm. Um, and then in the second episode, we definitely have a lot of hints of a sort of uh, seven samurai yeah. or, or like we, we also mentioned three amigos um, sort of a feel to it. But mm-hmm. this one, I can't think of, of a, a movie with this uh, specific series of events with it, uh, a gypsy child having stolen intelligence information completely but, by accident. Yeah. And I, I think it, it's definitely an interesting uh, detail. And so, in that respect, I feel like, despite using all this stock footage, that it's actually a more original episode than the other two. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's it's a, definitely a lot of fun. And, uh, and, and I was saying, like, I really like the twists of, like, oh, she doesn't have the watch. Oh, he sold the watch. Like, he went through all this trouble to get them out, right. and they still don't have the watch yeah. yet. Um, so it's just, like, one thing leading to the next. Nothing's easy yeah. in the episode. Nothing comes easy except yeah. actually getting the watch. In the end, when she yeah. when she has it, she just gives it to him.
0: And as much as using all this footage from another movie is, is a total cheat, it does make for a very entertaining episode because yeah, they absolutely. are they're very cool stunts in their own right. Um, it's entertaining to watch, and they do a pretty decent job of matching it to um, the the original footage. Which I mean, mm. they they got three Mini Coopers that are the same colors. They have two motorcycles that are in Chasing pursuit on, of them. Yeah. Um, the the uh, Rear projection footage um, when they're in the cars is a little shoddily done. Yeah, but I, that was just you know that was TV at the time. That's what it looked like. So,
1: I I guess I, in the choice the decision to take the footage from the Italian job like must have come before like when they were well, writing the episode.
0: CBS, right? Uh, CBS is Paramount, right? I mean they're they're sort of joined.
1: Uh, I, don't, I don't know about that. Well,
0: I mean, because the Star Trek movies were – the show with CBS and the movies were Paramount. I feel like there's sort mm. of an inherent connection between that network and that television station since, you know, Fox has Fox and yeah, yeah, yeah. Warner Brothers has their channel and, and Disney and ABC <laughs> are kind of the that's same true, thing. That's true. So I feel like CBS and Paramount in, in a lot of ways link to each other and there's a lot of Paramount television on CBS. Mm. Um, I guess my assumption was – and I'm not sure if – if it was, um, but that the Italian job was a paramount film that they had the rights to this footage, and it seems early in a series to be cutting so much stock footage into a show
1: because it was it would have only been like ten years since the movie came out, unless the movie was just grossly unpopular. But I think Michael Caine uh, being in the original
0: should have been big enough for, yeah, that people would have seen this movie at the exactly. time. Exactly, and f- you know, for for you know two weeks in, you know, you you have your pilot, you have. The, f- the first, like, original episode of your series. And then the very next episode, people are seeing footage from an action movie that didn't come out so long ago that they haven't seen it. Yeah. And they recognize it.
1: Of course, but this it, is before home video.
0: But it's also a very famous car chase scene. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of... An equivalent but it would be like connection french connection or but but even like nowadays using footage from like the matrix for a new tv show (laughs) and it would just be like well that was just a scene from the matrix like that's a famous scene from the matrix why would you cut that into your show um but yeah it's but it's still it's it's a great episode
1: yeah absolutely all
0: right i think that about does it for uh season one episode three thief of budapest um Again, if you'd like to reach out to us about this or future episodes, uh, you can contact us via Twitter at, at openinggambit, all one word. Um, you can like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash phoenixfoundationpodcast. And, of course, we can always be reached at phoenixfoundationpodcast.com. Tune in next week, and uh, we're going to be covering Season 1, Episode 4, The Gauntlet.
1: I, I like this coming episode. So.
0: Thank you very much for listening. We'll